Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. I want to welcome everyone to the prayer call today. Thank you for calling in. Um, I want to say thanks to our apostle for asking me to to, to come in and help lead today. And I just open myself up to the Holy Spirit to use me for his glory, for his honor. And I give glory to my pastor, honor to my, to my apostle and to all the elders and pastors and ministers and deacons on on the line and thank y'all for calling in and we're um i just want to pray for just a second if if we could um father we just thank you for this day god we just welcome you here we invite you in lord jesus to come in and have your way today god Jesus, for your glory and for your honor, Father, open my spirit up, Lord, that you would fill my mouth, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, well, I was um, I'm at prayer last week, and uh, we, we've been praying about uh, love and God's love, and what the Lord showed me was um, what I seen was how that when Jesus, when he paid the price at Calvary, and before he went, before he ever went to Calvary, and he went and prayed, and he pledged drops of blood, and asked the Lord, he said, God, if this cup can be taken from me, I give it to you, but nevertheless, not my will, Lord, but your will. And so he was willing He was willing to go through the suffering and the pain that he was about to endure for us. And because of, the, because of what he was willing to go through, what he was willing to give himself over to when they ripped his clothes, when they stripped his beard, When they nailed him to the cross and when they put the crown of thorns on his head so that we could have a pure love and a pure relationship with the Father, that he was willing, he was willing to endure that so that we could be free. from that, we were we were praying about the unity and about the love, the love in the ministry, the love for one another. And what I saw was, um, Elder Dana had prayed that that it would flow in here, that that love would flow in this place. And when she said that, I saw in the spirit that the blood of Jesus is that pure love, that that pure love will cover a multitude of sins. That pure love will save, it will heal, and it will deliver, it will set free. That pure love brings us to a place of intimacy, that we can know the Father intimately, that we can have a relationship with him. But it was because of the blood that Jesus shed at Calvary that we could be one, that we could be in unity and one mind and one accord with the Lord. And so um, I was thinking, I had just been praying about God. What what do you want to say? What do you want to say about this pure love? And, and He just reminded me that before before I became born again, talking about myself, that um, I lived you know the lived in sin. My life was um, my, I just lived in the world, and that all the lovers that I had given myself to that that intimate place had been taken from me and so that there was never that pure intimacy 
not that I gave myself, but that was taken for me personally. But when Jesus came and he saved me and he delivered me, that he said, now you're white as snow. You're made every white hope. And that, that that's when the, when the blood was applied to my life, that that's when that purity came. And so for the first time in my my whole life that I could remember, except when I was, you know, a baby, that pureness came on me, and I saw myself the way that Jesus saw me then. But he, that in Psalms 51 and 7, he said, Purge me with Yusuf, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. So um, when he washed me and cleansed me, then that blood was applied, and I became true in his eyes. Then I could see myself the way that he saw me. And I, for the first time in my my relationship, I knew that I was pure. And it was like I was made brand new. And I, and I knew that. I knew that down on the inside of me. I knew that I was made every with whole. Um, in Isaiah 1, in chapter 1, in verse 16, he said, Wash yourselves and make yourself clean. Put away the evil of your doings before my eyes and cease to do evil. And so that's when I... I repented. That's when repentance comes. And then verse 18, he says, Come now, Jesus. And Jesus is he's saying, And let us reason together, says the Lord, that your sins are like scarlet, and they shall be white as snow because of his love for us, because of his love. And he said, Though they were red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And when I read that, I was like, "Will they be red as crimson? The sins be red as crimson. They shall be, they shall be as wool." So I wanted, I didn't understand. What do you mean by wool, God? So I looked it up, and it, and what that word stands is, it's being prepared for use. They shall be prepared for use for the Lord. So it was God's intentions all along for us to be in right standing and in His righteousness. And Jesus came. And he paid that price and that pure love and that pure that pureness came into our lives then. And so there's a when we were talking about when we're talking about love we're we're talking about the love that Jesus has, that God has for us. His agape love, not a fleshly love, but an agape love. A love that like you said in John three sixteen, that he, he gave his only son his only begotten Son, and that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's pure, I got to pray, love for him to give his Son. He gave his Son. He gave his only begotten Son. And so I saw that, that God's love was pure from the very beginning when he said, let us make man in our image. Let's create them in our likeness. And so it was the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And they created man out of the dirt and then breathed breath into him in their likeness. And they were one. They were so intimate with one another. They knew their thoughts. They knew what each one was thinking. They knew what to say. They knew how to move. And then Jesus came and he paid the price for us and he came down down here, we're talking about being intimate, being intimate with the Lord, being intimate with one another, knowing each other and loving each other the way that Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit loved each other and they were intimate and they were one. Even though they were three, they were one. John 13 and 30, 34. I just have a few, few scriptures. It says, A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So that's a commandment that the Lord's given us, that we can have that pure love for one another, just as Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit have for one another and they have for us and the Father has for us. Fourteen fifteen says, If you love me, keep my commandments. 15 and 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The love 
that we can only get that lift through the blood, the blood of Jesus. I know before I, um, you know, you can, you can say you love, I love you, I love you, but if I never show you, if I never put action to my, to my word, you don't really know I love you. If I never get to know you, then you don't really know that I'm, that I love you. I could say those words, but those words could be just empty and not mean anything. But is that an agape love or is that a fleshly love? And I have to ask myself that. Romans 5 and 5 says, I am the hope, make it no shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. So we see that because of the love the Father has for us, that it's shed abroad by the Holy Ghost into our hearts that we can love. We can love like the Father loves. We can love like he says. If you love me, keep my commandments. So I just seen that from that prayer the other day that that no matter how hard or how many times that I say I love you, that all that is is flesh. There's no meaning behind it. There's no if I'm if I'm real with myself if I really look at myself, do I really mean what I'm saying? Or am I just saying that to, to fill a void, to fill an emptiness in the air? Do I really, really love you? And so Galatians 5.22 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And so we can produce that love through Jesus. Jesus, it's his character. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. There's not any law in that. There's not any law when the love is pure. You don't feel controlled. You don't feel pushed down because there's not a law in it. There's nothing that's pure. It's it's God. It's an agape love. It says God's love is is. It's pure. It's love that keeps on giving. It's a love that's when they don't respond the way we want them to respond, that we love them anyway. We love them just like they are. God's love is when they're when that I'm I'm saying for myself when I don't think that you love me, but I love you anyway. That agape love, if I allow that agape love, if I receive that agape love, if his love is down on the inside of me, then that real love will come out of me. And I love you when you're unfriendly to me. I love you when you're kind. Or even when you're unworthy. It's unconditional love with God's love. I have the passion for the well-being of others. I care about what you think. I care about you. If I'm really operating in that agape love, I have to ask myself, am I am I allowing that real agape love to flow in and through my life? Am I judging you? Am I controlling you? Am I saying things out of my mouth that are not pure, are not holy? Am I casting a judgment? Do you feel a judgment when I when I speak to you? If those are the things that you're feeling, then that love is really not pure in my heart, and that's what I have to ask God. Just show me myself, God. Show me, show me me, God. Show me how come I don't love the way you said this commandment that you leave me, God, is that I would lay my life down for my brother, and that I would love, I would love them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I just want to say that what I saw was the oneness that come from the blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary that day, that when, when that blood was shed on that cross, that it was for everything we have need of. It was for that pureness. But that love also brings unity. It brings one mind. It brings one accord. It brings us together. It's the blood of Jesus that makes us one. It makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. It makes us the bride of Christ. It makes us one in the spirit. It makes us one. It's the blood of Jesus. And so I know the Bible says that um, 
we're all one body, but we have but there's different gifts. But I'm talking about the blood. It's the blood of Jesus that made us whole. It's the blood of Jesus that makes us one. That's what I saw in the spirit that day. And it was just so real and so pure. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, I see what you're saying. Lord, you're saying it's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood that washes us. It's the blood that makes us whole. It's the blood that caused us to be one in the spirit. It's the blood, the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. The strike for the back to our healing. And so, um, the, you know, the, the psalmist, they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Well, that song right there, they will know. They'll know how we treat each other, how we treat each other, how we love one another. They're going to know. They can sense. They know. The world knows the real. They can sense the real. They know when you're really telling them and really meaning that you really love them. They know. And they can see it between one another. They can, in the church house, at home, wherever we are, we're being watched. They're watching our walk. They're watching to see how we behave. They're watching to see what we see, how we respond. Um, that John 13, and that's John 13 and 34, said they will know we are Christians by our love, our love for one another. Well, that's how they're going to know. Jesus has one bride. He has one bride, and he made us that bride through the blood. So how do we... The blood, it's the blood that causes me to be able to have that intimacy with the Lord so I can ask him, Lord, would you look in my heart? Would you show me what's down on the inside of me, God? Is there envy? Is there strife? Is there anger? Is there frustration? Am I mad? Will you look down on the inside of me and show me myself, God? Would you show me what's really down the inside of me, the very root God, when I speak to somebody and it seems angry or mad at them, God, would you show me, God, so that my heart will be pure? That intimacy, it's the blood of Jesus. It's because of the blood that I'm able to even ask him that. It's the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for the intimacy, God. We thank you for the oneness. We thank you, Jesus, that it's the blood that washes, it's the blood that reveals, it's the blood that that brings forth, God, and delivers and heals and set free and and makes us everywhere whole, God. It's the blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary that makes us to be able to have that intimate place with the Lord that we can go into the throne throne room and we can cry out to him, Father, show me myself. Look down on the inside of me. Search my heart. Search me out, Father. Turn that searchlight down on the inside of me and show me the the ugly that's down on the inside of me, God. Show me the anger that's down on the inside of me. Show me myself, God. Reveal to me the things that I don't see that others see about me, God. Show me, God. So I thank God for the blood. I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the manifestation of your power in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do and what you've already done, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Sister Monica, and I may call on you again. Thank you so much for opening up the prayer. And uh, we've been studying and praying about envy today. And, you know, we hear that scripture a lot in James. It says, where there's envy and strife, there's confusion in every evil work. Well, in my life, I haven't really looked much at the envy part. And last week when I was praying about the prayer line, God was just showing uh, about envy. And I said, God, what about this spirit? And uh, Proverbs 27 Four and five says, Wrath is cruel, anger is outrageous, but who can stand against envy? So that means it, it's got to be pretty, pretty, uh, 
a pretty bad baddie, as Mama used to call them, baddies. Proverbs 27, 4 and 5. Wrath is cruel. Anger is outrageous. But who can stand against envy? And so, so we go back and we look at Genesis. Let's go back and look at Genesis uh, chapter 4 with Cain and Abel. Let me find my Bible. Thank you, Lord. Give you praise for it, Jesus, for exposing this envious spirit, God, because we don't want anything unpleasing to you in our hearts, and we definitely don't want to reap from it. So we look at Genesis chapter 4, and... um it says in verse 1, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And that goes to show about different anointings on different people. Sometimes with our children, we think that they're not as anointed if they're not in the front of everybody. But I have perfect examples in the church of people that uh, work in the in the ministry gifts, the you know just the ministry of helps. Because without that, we cannot receive the word. We wouldn't be able to hear the word. We without our nursery workers, without our children's church leaders, and sometimes um, the Bible even says, you know, that we don't give honor to those unseemly parts, the parts that people don't see. Maybe you don't see my belly button, you know, but it's very useful. And God says to give honor to those parts that seem unseemly. So uh, it's not just our face, our ears, our eyes, our mouth that that is to be seen. It's those things that are not seen that makes a body work, a spiritual body and a natural body. Because I don't know about you, but I need my ears and I need my little toe and I need a lot of things that everybody don't see. So even in this scripture, she had two children, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And so Abel, you know, he might have been seen a little more keeping the sheep, but in verse 3 it says, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Are, are, are you angry today? Are you angry? But does it look like that someone else's offerings get accepted more than yours, that, that you've been here uh, 20 years too, or you've been saved a year and and, and and why aren't things happening for you that you see happening for other people? Maybe things are happening, but you just don't see because you're looking at it through a, a eyes of what you think would be good. Because it's not always what we see. It's not what we think. And, and that's control, you know, to, to, get, to get angry at God because it's not the way that I think it should be. And we see that a lot, you know, in the churches. It's like, I want my son saved, but I want him to go to my church. I want my daughter saved, but I want her to go to my church. And if she goes over here to this place, if she goes to Thread of Hope, or if she goes to First Assembly, or if she goes over here to Cloverdale, or if she go, goes to a different place, then I'm going to be angry about it because I've been praying 20 years for my child, and I want it done the way that I think it should be done. And so when we when we we offer those kind of thanksgivings that that we put stipulations on God that we say, okay, I'm gonna give you this, but I, I want it done a certain way. We're not giving Him our complete heart, and we're not releasing our children to God, because when we release our children to God, we're gonna be grateful. We're gonna be so grateful, and yes, it may hurt a little. You know, a long time ago, way back in the day, I was sitting in a church, and I didn't know not, not much about church, and I just knew I was on fire for God, and a different pastor came every two years. You know, they just kept coming and kept leaving, kept coming, kept leaving, and eventually it got to a place where I felt like I was dying spiritually, and I didn't know, you know, how to, to get all that for myself. I, I really didn't know. But I remember telling my husband one day, I said, if you don't get me out of here, I'm going to die. And not being taught anything about spiritual things, I just 
there was just something in me. I just couldn't take it anymore. And and so we proceeded to go where there was some life, you know, where where I thought we could we could grow as a family. And he he agreed. But do you know I wasn't accepted anymore when I was seen uptown or anything? The people that had that I'd been in the church with for 15 years wouldn't speak to me or why we want things done the way that we think they should be done. But we don't know the road that it's going to take for our child. We don't know. And would we rather them uh, be out in the streets or would we rather them be somewhere learning about God? So it's envy when we, when we, envy goes past anger and it goes past strife. It, it's a deep rooted thing that I believe I deserve more. I think I deserve more than this. I think that I, 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 I deserve because I've been doing what you want me to, God. So surely my son needs to be right here with me. Surely my daughter, God, needs to be right here with me. And and one day I was, you know, I was raising my children and my son Caleb was about 17 maybe. And he came to me and he said, Mama, I want to visit another church. Well, of course I wanted my baby to be here with me and his grandmother as the pastor. And, uh, oh, it, it was like a grieving, you know. I just, at first I said, well, why do you want to do that for? And then I went home and God started dealing with me. And he started, he just started taking me through a grieving process to release my son. But see, that release was deeper than a church issue of where he was going to go. It was a deeper thing of control, a deeper thing of release, a, a deeper thing of giving him to God. And it took me two or three days. And I'd just walk around the house and cry. And I, you know, I was like, what am I crying about? It was a grieving process. And so when you really release your children to God, you will go through. I did. I went through a grieving process, but then but then I knew that they were God's and, and things could hit and I would trust him then. And so he said, I want to try another church, Mama. And I, I, he said, you've taught me. I know, you know, I know what I know and how I've been raised, but I want to experience other things. And I came back to him about the third day, and I said, the Holy Ghost told me to speak to him and say, Caleb, you're a man of God. You hear God. I know that you hear the voice of God, and if you feel like you need to go visit another church, I trust you. And he turned in that yard. He was walking his dog, and he turned in that yard, and he looked at me in shock. And you know that that young man never went anywhere. But if he would have, I'd have been okay. And then when he did visit, he was like, "Is this is this all it is? Is church started yet?" Because the foundation had already been laid in him of, of of the direction for his life. But I had to let him go, and I had to be willing. I had to be willing, and I couldn't be envious. I couldn't be mad at his girlfriend's mama if he winded up in the Methodist or the Baptist. I couldn't be angry about that because God gave them to me, you know. God gave me my children. He gave me Josh, Caleb, and Michelle, and I I trust him or I don't trust him. And so it came to that time where I had to release, and um, that may seem like nothing to you, but it was everything to me. And, and he's still working in ministry with me today with my other children. And so let's go, go, go back and look, and we see where in verse 4, Abel, also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why? I mean, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So he's saying, look, if you're right, if you're right in your heart, and God's saying tonight, if if we're right in our heart, he's going to accept our, our um, he's going to accept our offerings. He's going to accept our uh, children. He's going to bring them into the place that they need to be. Why am I jealous if somebody else's son's on the platform? Am I going to be like that mother that says, can my son sit by you? Can my Pastor Casey just preached it Sunday morning. You know, they were so worried about things like that other than Jesus just said, I'm fixing to die. 
I'm fixing to be I'm fixing to be uh, on the cross and go go through this death process and all they worried about is what they could get out of them again. Are you gonna do this for me? Can can my son sit up there on the platform with you? Uh, why ain't it my son? You know I've been here 20 years. Why is it my son preaching the gospel yet? And the whole time the son may be sweeping the parking lot. The son may be doing actually what God's saying for him to do. So, God, we just ask that you help us right now to see this, God, to see that that we try to put you in a box and then we get envious and jealous because we think it should be a certain way. And when it don't turn out that way, we get real mad. And then we don't want to give you everything. We don't want to start do for you. And we don't want to give back because you didn't. Now, what if God let me be the decision maker? What if he let me? then I wouldn't serve him because I couldn't trust someone that gave his authority over to me to be higher than I am. I couldn't trust somebody with my children if I could manipulate and control and make him do what I want. So God cannot do that and be our spiritual father. He cannot come down to our uh, mind and what we think needs to happen because we will not have any respect for him. He has to stay higher. He said my thoughts. And my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than yours. So we just have to trust God. That's the whole point of faith. And I'm saying all this in love. But Cain did not trust God. Even when he came back and said, why are you angry? Cain, he he just wasn't going to have it. So he killed Abel. So that jealous, envious spirit is the spirit of Cain. It's a spirit that's going to destroy it's a real deep uh, root in there, and people with envy, they're going to dig at you, too. They're going to they gonna have to, they'll say something, but they add a little something. You ever seen things on Facebook where they'll say something, but they add a little something? Well, that's that envious spirit. That's that spirit that's angry and mad. And when you get down to it, it's really mad at God because can't we can't control God. Amen? Somebody say, I can't control God. Hallelujah. Let's look at Job chapter 5, verse 2 and 3. Thank you, Jesus. We'll give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Trying to find Job. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give you praise. I'm praying. I'm praying until I'm fine. It ain't going to lie. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Job chapter 5, verse 2 and 3 says, uh, says, For wrath kills a foolish man, and envy slays a simple one. I have seen the foolish taken root, but suddenly I cursed his dwelling place. Now let's look at it uh, again. Job chapter 5, verse 2 and 3 for Ralph killeth the foolish man, kills the foolish man, and envy slayeth the silly one. I have seen the foolish taken root, but suddenly I cursed his habitation. He's saying that uh, these these spirits, these um, jealousy and all these spirits, they try and take root. And he's saying, let's curse his habitation. This goes exactly with our ministry. We have to curse the habitation. We have to curse why is the envy there. And it, it probably goes way back when we were children. You know, we have to, why, where's the habitation at? Why is it in my heart? Why is envy and strife in my heart that brings confusion and every evil work? And if we're, and, and I'm exposing this spirit because there's a lot of envy in the, the uh, between the churches and in the city right now because God is moving. But he told me last week, he said, some parents are going to decide, is their pride worth more to them than their children? Is their pride worth more? If your child's doing well, if they're if they're getting off of drugs, they're getting off addiction, they're getting out of religion, uh, you know, where they're, they're just living in religion and still doing anything they want. If they're getting on fire for God, Am I going to let envy keep me out? I'm going to let it take, I'm going to let it habitate in me and take root and bitterness. He said every bitter thing, he said, let it be exposed so it don't defile, rise up and defile many. Am I going to let envy stay a root in me or I'm going to find out where it, it goes? Let's look at uh, where it came in at. 
But let's look at Matthew twenty-seven eighteen. Hallelujah. Now we're just exposing this for really the first time in the church, so we know it's a new revelation. It'll take us a while to get it all out. Amen. Matthew twenty-seven eighteen. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, we see where Jesus, they were, in verse 17, they were saying, whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? And verse 18 says, for he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. Mm. They handed Jesus over because of envy, just like Cain killed Abel because Abel was doing good. The Bible says he it wasn't that he did anything wrong. It's because Cain's jealousy because he was doing good. So they did not like Jesus. The scribes and the Pharisees, he was going about doing good. The Bible says he went about doing good, healing all that were sick and all that was oppressed with the devil and, and setting people free. And then here comes envy. Here comes Envy to try to run him out of town, Envy to try to get him to quit preaching. Envy say to those disciples, to Peter and John, if you preach this name one more time, we're going to beat you. We're going to put you in prison. They weren't doing anything bad. They were going about the town and healing the sick and casting out devils and setting people free. In the Bible, Jesus said they hated me for nothing. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. Amen. So persecution comes for that word, say, envy and strife, and it tries to bring confusion, but none of that is from God. God is a has a spirit of unity, and he wants us to come into agreement and be in unity of the faith and be thanking God that there's something every night for the kids to do, something for people to go to, God, instead of trying to tear it down. You said a wise woman builds her house. She don't tear it down, God. I thank you for showing us, Lord, that that. What's more important to us are uh, winning, being in control of the situation, or having our child, Lord, like Hannah had to give him back to you, God. We thank you, Lord, that they are a gift from you. The children are a gift from you, Lord, and we have to give them back to you. We have to release them into your hand, and we can't say what we think is best for our children. We don't know, God. We don't know what's going to bring them to the end of their self to where they say, yes, Lord. And God, until we release them over to you, then we, we're we controlling it. How can you do anything, God, when we're trying to control the whole situation because we want to look right. We don't want nobody else to win. We come against that competitive spirit, God. We see that envy is, operates in, in being competitive and it's going to be the one, it's going to be the one. And God, instead of just saying thank you, thank you, pastors, thank you, home group leaders, thank you for rescuing my son, thank you for being the one that will go out and get him out of the bars, for being the one that go get him out of the hotels, thank you. I thank you, God, for sending laborers across their path, Lord. As I pray for others, you sent someone for mine, God, and I just want to give you praise for it. I want to thank you, God, and take any envy out of my heart, Lord, any jealous spirit, God. I ask that you take it out because we know it's a murderous spirit, Lord, when we're jealous. Take that jealous spirit out of us, God, and expose it in our heart. Show us how wicked it is, Lord, that it's deeper than just a little hurt. It's a deep-rooted evil, God, and it's going to produce evil, Lord. It's not going to produce righteousness. You said the wrath of man will not produce the righteousness of God. And the more I handle these things in my flesh, we see God where Abram operating his flesh and had Ishmael, God, and what that's done. We see where David operating his flesh with Bathsheba, and we see that the sword never left his house and there was always a war, God. God, we don't want to reap envy. We don't want to reap envious seeds that's been planted through our heart. We want to stop that in the name of Jesus. We want to see, God, I ask that you expose it, Lord, that you show us in our heart, God. We show that backbiting spirit, God. Thank you, Jesus. We see in the book of Acts as they started going out like we're doing in the in the church, and I'm not saying we're the only one, but I'm saying whoever's doing it is going to get persecuted. But we see in Acts 7, 9, uh, that they were, the patriarchs were moved with envy, and so Joseph. Amen. 
patriarchs were moved with envy and so Joseph. But God was with him and he fed them. He he had what they needed when they were in famine because they planted all those envious seeds when they put their brother in the pit. And then we see that uh, when we read some more in the book of Acts, let me look right here, Acts thirteen forty two. The Jews got jealous because the Gentiles wanted the word. And the Jews were jealous of that. The Bible says they were begging for the word and the and the Jews got jealous. Now, we say we want our kids saved. We say we want them in church. And when someone's feeding on the gospel, we get a little jealous. And that's what they did. And uh, the more that rose up to witness, the more jealousy rose in the cities to where they wanted those disciples out and they want them out of there acts thirteen forty two. so when the jews went out of the synagogue the gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next sabbath they were begging and the congregation had broken up many of the jews and devout uh, leaders followed paul and barnabas who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the gospel but they in verse 42 Five, it says that when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy mm. and contradicting and blaspheming, and they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I've set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout the whole region. Hey, that's happening right now. It's happening. The whole region was hearing the gospel. Verse 50, But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city and raised up persecution against Paul. Who did that? Was it the religious people or the sinners? Raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. And they shook the dust off their feet and they went on. Hallelujah. And uh, the Bible says in Acts 17, 5, so we're going to keep preaching Jesus. Hey, we don't have too many stripes on our back. We don't have too, many, too much persecution to stop now. Amen. And I'm talking to each one over every city that's represented on this prayer line. We're going to keep preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified and him resurrected from the grave. And we're going to spread the gospel throughout the regions. And we're going to do it. And we're going to just do it. And if they throw us out, we're going to do it there too. Acts 17, verse 5. But the Jews who were not persuaded becoming envious took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These are the ones who have turned the world upside down. Uh, Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. And and they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night. When they arrived, they went to the synagogue of the Jews. And they, they preached the word. Verse 13, when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul, they came there also and stirred up the crowd. So wherever the word is being preached, then you are going to attract attention. You're going to attract souls being saved, and you're going to attract the the people coming to persecute. But the sooner we know that, the sooner we know how to deal with it. And we just love, and we keep on loving. And when they come, and they're backbiting, and they're envious, and they're mad, and they're angry because they couldn't control God and make him do it the way they wanted. And he's using unlearned men and women like me. He's using people that never thought they could do it. They would be able to do anything or amount to anything. He's using people that were outcasts in the churches that people threw them out because the way they prayed and they said they're devils because they pray like devils. Well, I'm here to tell you today that Beelzebub can't cast out Beelzebub. How can I cast out a devil when I, if I was a devil? 
I can't cast out Beelzebub if I'm Beelzebub. So Beelzebub might be the one throwing out the real Christians. Have you ever thought of that? Because they threw out Jesus, they threw out Peter, they threw out John, they threw out Jason, they threw out anybody that wanted to preach the real gospel, which is the ministry of Jesus, went about doing good, preaching to the poor, setting the captive free, healing the heart, binding up the binding up the broken. God, I thank you, healing the blind, raising the dead, healing the sick, operating in miracles. If you're getting persecuted today, if people are jealous of you, if people is always bringing your name up, maybe it means you're doing something for God. They mad at Jason because he had Christians in his house like a leader of a home group, and they persecuted him. They dragged him out in front of the city. And what was they jealous of? One of these verses talks about that almost the whole city came out to hear the word of God. Almost the whole city came out to hear the word of God. So the Pharisees and the scribes, they they had to, the patriarchs, they they had to get mad about it and rise up and try to stop it because they wanted to be the ones in control. Why do you think they try to stop a woman or a uh, someone that ain't went to the Bible school like they think? somebody that ain't uh, went under what they think they should go under. Why do you think they try to stop them? Because they don't want nobody else to, um, they want to control. They want to control. They want to control everything. And they want it to be done their way and their doctrine and their belief. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he is the one in control. He's our ruler. He's our king. He's our Messiah. He's coming back for us. He's coming back for his bride. He's coming back for those that rise up. And even though they're persecuted, they come back and they preach the word again. Even though people talk about them, even though people in their own church say words against them, even though they walk by and they hear slander on their name, they get up and they preach the gospel tomorrow. God, I thank you that those are willing, the remnant, Lord, the remnant that you're calling together, the remnant, God, that you're calling out of bondages, calling out of these places, where there's no life and no word, God, and you're bringing them together into the unity of the faith until we become a perfect, mature body for Jesus Christ. God, I thank you for those that rise up and say, I can't handle this kind of gospel anymore. I need the gospel of the truth. I need to hear about soul winning. I need to hear about deliverance. I need to hear. I don't need somebody fighting those things. Those are the things that's already fighting down in my heart. Those are the things that's been warring about me my whole life. Those are the things that's kept me bound. Those are the things that try to keep me into myself and keep me in the four walls. But I need to hear a gospel that's going and reaching and preaching and, and going around every every avenue, every door that they can to get this word out, God. I need the ones that's doing it out of the right spirit, Lord. You said some's going to preach the gospel out of strife. You said some's going to preach it out of love. But God, at least the gospel's going to be preached. So we don't even talk about the ones doing it out of strife, God. We just expose and, and say, this is why this is happening. Because the city is mad because the world's getting turned up down, upside down. And it wasn't the way they thought it would happen. God, it wasn't the people they thought that, it, that you would use. But if we'll all get in, if we'll all come forth and come together, God, if we'll all go forth and preach the gospel, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature so the end will come. God, I thank you for giving us the heart of evangelism, God. I thank you for those that, that you have risen up that no one else wanted, Lord. You said you come for the outcasts. You come for those that nobody else wants to hear, no one wants to listen to. You said I attend my ear to their cry. I'm far from the proud. I'm far from, from the one that thinks they have it all together. In Revelation, he said he had something against some churches because they didn't think they needed anything. God, I ask you, we pull that spirit down out of our region, God. We pull the spirit down, fighting the move of God. We pull you down. We command leaders to fall that's not standing in the right spirit, and new, new leaders come in. Shepherds after your heart, God, not shepherds after their own game, not shepherds doing it out of envy and strife, God, but those like David that had a heart like you like, God, a heart after you, a heart after God that came back after all his faults, Lord, after he committed adultery, after he killed 
the husband of the woman that he committed adultery with, God. And he rose back up and he was a king, Lord. We thank you for those disciples, God, that, that denied you. Those disciples that were fearful and hiding, God, when you're being crucified. The Bible says they were hidden in a room for fear of the Jews. God, I thank you that, that we're those that, that you've raised up and the Holy Ghost is coming upon us and the Holy Ghost is taking over our city, our region, and Hamburg, Beatman, Strong, El Dorado, Monticello, Monroe. I command you to be saved in the name of Jesus. I command labor, laborers to come forth. We pray for the Lord of the harvest that you send laborers, God, to Ashley County to reap this harvest, God. We claim the harvest that you, you we didn't stay here because we wanted to. We stay here because you assigned us to this region. God, you assigned us here. And though they make fun of Arkansas all over the state, you love us, Lord, and you have people. You have leaders, God, standing in position right now to pull down the enemy, to destroy his works. The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And I pray, God, that your people rise up and we take the authority over our households. We take the authority. We get the, the drugs out. We get the gossip out. We get the bad movies out. We get the overeating out, God. We get envy and strife out, God. We quit getting mad at our brother and our sister for doing the gospel. We quit getting mad because our kids like them more. <laughs> we quit getting jealous because they went to them instead of us, God. Thank God they're not in a ditch dead. Thank God that somebody rescued them. Thank God somebody had a heart to see about them. God, give us a broken heart, God. Take this heart of stone out of us and give us a heart of flesh. God, don't let us be considered as with the religious crowd. You know, the ones coming to the church say, I don't belong in most churches. I said, I don't either. They don't like me either. So I think we're the same people. Jesus, you sit with sinners and publicans. We come against that spirit of religion. We come against you. You can't you can't be the one to take over our town. You can't have our town because the army's rising up all across the land and we resist you and you have to flee. We resist the devil. He's got to flee. A religious spirit is not from the God. The religious spirit, you got to go. You have no right. We take over our city. We march forward. We go forth and take the land. You said that the land, everywhere our foot treads belongs to us, God. We claim territory. We come against envy and strife and debate and confusion. We come against it between the churches in Ashley County. I take authority over you right now. You shut your mouth. God, you said you shut the mouth of lions. And those that's talking against the ministry now, talking against the drug rehabs now in the region, we take authority. We command you to shut up in Jesus' name. The Bible said, out of the same mouth, blessing and cursing comes. It, no, it ought not be that way. God, bring conviction in our hearts. Just don't let them be able to stand anymore, God. Let this army go forth, God, like in Joel 2. The army, God, there's no openings. There's no cracks in the armor, God. There's no way where the enemy can come through and destroy the work that God's doing. Raise up intercessors, Lord, that would care more about a soul than who's winning, who's got the most people, who's got my son, who got your son. Raise up people, God, that care about the city. Raise up people with the right motives, Lord. day we pull that hateful, demonic, Religious spirit down in Jesus' name. I pull it off of Chicago. I pull it off my friends in Africa. I pull it out of every region. I pull it out of New York with Dr. Quincy. I command that spirit to fall in the name of Jesus. I command you not to be able to touch the ones I love, not to be able to come around the area I live in. I Hey, you got to go in the name of Jesus. You spirit of drugs, come out of our city. 
You spirit religion that tries to push them back into it when you don't even know what you're doing with your hateful attitudes. And I'm talking about even in our church. Come out in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Yes, I don't mean to scream in your ear. But God, help us, Lord. Help us to see, God, that we care more about our pride than we do a soul, God. Help us, God. Help, Help me, God. Lay it down, Lord. It don't matter who wins what. It don't matter who's got the biggest charge. It matters are we doing the will of God for our lives. I lay it down at your feet, God. I lay it down. I lay down the, the jealousy, God, the strife, Lord. I lay down if it ain't done my way, God. You got to go, envious spirit. You got to go, you mean, hateful demon. You demon that people feel when they don't even feel welcome in churches. There's some churches that I know I'm not welcoming. If I walk in, they're going to turn their back on me. I've had it happen. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Yeah, just because you're trying to get somebody's church folk don't mean everybody is. <laughs> God, you called us as shepherds to guard our sheep, Lord. And if you invite the sheep, then I feel like I'm invited. I'll expose you in the name of Jesus. We drive every spirits out of relationships, out of marriages, out of um, boyfriend and girlfriend that you know, God, that's supposed to be together. We drive that jealous spirit where we're always accusing one another, God. That's in our heart, God. Take it out. Take it out of our heart, Lord. You said that when one rejoices in the church, we all rejoice. When one's sad, we're all sad, God. If somebody gets a good job, we rejoice with them, Lord. If somebody gets married and I've been trying for 10 years, I rejoice with them, Lord. Somebody gets a new car, I, I rejoice with them, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We release love. We release love, God. Love, God. Love is not rejoicing when iniquity comes on somebody else. If you're happy when it don't work for somebody, there's a little dig in you, you know. When you're happy, if something falls, there's a little dig in there. God, don't we don't want the spirit of Cain. I don't want that spirit of murder on me, that jealous, envious spirit, that hatred that brings that stuff in my household, God, because I plant those seeds. I don't want that, Lord. When we were little kids, got little girls and jealous, 
because mama loved the other one more or uncle favored this one more or when daddy didn't pay attention to us but but he did our sisters or our brothers god i'm asking that you heal our hearts right now that you show us the root cause of this envy lord the root cause that we go to the root cause of the habitation of it god like you said in job we thank you jesus we honor you lord we thank you lord you are so good god we praise your name lord we know that you're a jealous god your name is jealous the bible says but it's the right kind of jealous lord you're jealous for our attention and our affection god I release those that I'm jealous of, God. I release those that I'm envious, Lord. I know you have a rightful place for me, God. I just want my rightful place with you, Lord. I don't want anybody else's. I want my lot in life, God. Take jealousy out of us, Lord. Show us hidden roots in there, Lord. You said every hidden thing will be made manifest. It will be brought to the light, God. God, I ask that you show judgments right now. You expose those deep-seated roots in us, Lord. Yeah, where everybody else seemed to have everything and we didn't have nothing, God. Sunday, they had better clothes, Lord. They had better parents, God. Sunday. So when we look at them, we don't like them. We mad at them about it. They prettier than me, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're skinny, God. Take the roots of envy out of us, Lord. Take the roots of hatred out of us, Lord. Yandere bitterness, Lord. Resentment and anger and strife. Help us to forgive our brethren, Lord. Help us to not hold on to those deep-seated roots, God. Help us to confess with our mouths that we'll be healed, Lord. Help us to get the sin out of our heart, God. You say you desire truth in the inward man. Someday I tell you how I feel, God. David poured his heart out to the Lord. Someday we acknowledge you, God. We take authority over our city, over our nation, over our region, Lord. Yonder, day, day, we take authority right now in Jesus' name. Yonder, day, day, We pull it out of our siblings, God. We don't allow them to operate in that spirit. We don't allow them to manifest envy in, in our homes, God. We teach them, Lord. We train them up in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it, God. I want to open my eyes to look at more notes that I can't. There's just an anointing here to release that off of you, to set the captive free. And God, I thank you. And I do pray, God, I pray that you expose the spirit of envy. I pray that you expose the spirit of Cain, God, that hates his brother for no reason, Lord hates his brother because because we can't make it happen the way we want it to happen for us, Lord. We can't give the offerings we want and expect the the results that we want instead of the results that, that you give, God. God, it all goes down to trust in you, Lord. If I didn't get that job, maybe you didn't want me to get it. Did I release it into your hands or not, God? Young Dad, if I release it in your hands, if I didn't get it, then I'm happy and I'm grateful. Young Dada by Sunday, I'm not mad at you, Lord. Young Dada, God, all the people that's mad at you, Lord, because you didn't do it the way we thought. Sunday, release that off in their mind right now in Jesus' name. Maybe that husband didn't come when you thought they would. 
Maybe you listened to a man or a woman that said, if you give this an amount of time, this is going to happen, and it didn't, and you blame God. I speak to envy in that heart, and I command you to come out in Jesus' name. God, I'm going to be content with what I have. That's what your word says. I'm going to be content with what I have, God. I'm going to be grateful where I'm at, Lord. I'm grateful for what you're doing in my children, God. I'm grateful for where they're at in you, Lord. I don't try to push the envelope and make it be something that I think's better, God. I release them into your hands. Sunday, as pastors, we release our people into your hands, God, to grow at the pace that they grow at, Lord. Yandara, we love them unconditional. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise for it, God. We plead the blood over our region. We plead the blood over the regions of the ones on this prayer line, God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. We pray over our regions, pray over our cities, God. We thank you that the spirit of envy won't divide and separate the harvest that you're bringing in. Help us to see as leaders, God, that we can work together and bring in more, Lord. Help us to see it's not about who gets to to be the big dog, God. You said that Paul planted Apollo's water and God brings the increase. You said that the one that planted is the same as the one that harvested, God. It's all about you, Jesus. You're the one that's going to bring them in. We just plant the seeds. We thank you, Jesus, and we want everyone in their rightful place with you and where they belong and what church they belong to, God. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I know I went over the time a little bit. I want to thank you, Sister Monica, and I love all of y'all. It's been a great prayer line, and uh, we'll see you next next Tuesday at 5 o'clock. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossit.com.